Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Providence, Southern New England Sports Original, 103.7 WEEI. Always live on the free Odyssey app. We now return to Meter and the Coach. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original, 103.7 WEEI. Welcome back to the second and final hour of Meter and the Coach. Thanks for waking up for us as always on a Sunday morning. And we also thank our guest, Bob Ryan, for getting up with us on a Sunday. I know he's always got a lot in his mind. Even in, uh, I guess, semi-retirement, Bob, but you're still active on many channels, including the Boston Globe column every week. And I was intrigued by your column this week by the ESPN Top 30 All-Time NBA list. And, of course, you came with that Bob Ryan fire that we love. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, John. Good morning, Tim. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Yeah, great to be with you. And, uh, Bob, uh, I laughed out loud when – as many Celtic fans, I'm sure, did when they didn't see Bob Cousy's name on this all-time top 30 NBA player list from ESPN. Uh, can you explain that? It's uh, it's the recency bias. Uh, it's the idea that the 50s were like the the Neanderthal era of the NBA. I'm just talking about the you know the the mentality of some of a, to be polite younger voters. Uh, and, uh, and 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 also uh, uh, your, whatever is individual voters' vision of what it should be, uh, I, I believe that uh, you you don't worry necessarily about whether he could play today. And they will say, well, you know, he never shot forty percent from the floor, which is true. Uh, it was a different game. His his value was was uh, and his time was enormous. His celebrity was enormous, and that's what I was stressing uh, that. Uh, uh, his historical impact, his influence on 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 for the for the good of the game in the fifties was number one in the world, and and that uh, qualifies him for the thirty list. As George Mikan made the list; he should have. Those are the two most famous and 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 important players of the first half of the twentieth century, uh, I'll say up to nineteen sixty. And Cousy retired in sixty three, and uh, that that's all. Uh, he should have been on that list. And how is John Havlicek 26 on the list? How does that happen? You know, it's, people just don't get it. I've formulated a theory over the years that, that when you refer to him as he is, invariably is by people who only know him from, you know, from legend, not from, from reality, uh, as right. the great sixth man, you are damning him with faint praise. The implication is, uh, uh, you know that that that's a certain category that is not as important in people's minds as you know being a starter. Okay, uh, here's the fact: uh, he was blessed to come to the Celtics, with, who were so deep they could afford to bring him off, not have him answer the opening tap. Here's one for you: starting with his second year uh, in 1963-64, coming off the bench, 
he was second on the team in minutes played to Bill Russell, who who, who averaged over 40 minutes a game. <laughs> and that was the way it held up throughout his entire run as sixth man. He would either uh, be first or second in, in minutes played on the team. It was a, it was a, a, a luxury that Red Auerbach and then later Bill Russell as coach could afford to, to not start the game. Guess what, guys? He always finished it. And, and so I don't think people realize that. Then I saw it all. He, he was a consummate all-around player and, and every bit as good and, in fact, better in the last five years of their respective careers as the hallowed Jerry West and Oscar Robertson. People just don't get it, and I think the six-man thing has, has hurt his reputation, not helped it. Some great points, Bob. I agree 1,000% on everything you just said. Obviously, you know, understanding the history, no one does it. No one understands it better than you. Uh, I want to turn the table a little bit and get your feel on the Patriots. You know, you've obviously seen it all from them going back to the old days of Victor Kayyem Mm -hmm. and what Bob Kraft's done in the new stadium and now the improvements. But what is your opinion on the general state of the program? I mean, where they are now and where they're going, and if they're at all any light at the end of the tunnel. Well, first of all, I go back to Babe Perilli and, uh, and Jim Nance and, and, and Larry Eisenhower and, and uh, uh, Gino Cavalletti and all that. So I can well remember listening to, to uh, Bob Starr and, and Gil Santos in the, in the 60s. Okay. Uh, Bill, uh, one of their previous coaches – identified a category of player and team that they now fit perfectly. They are just another team, Jag. That is Bill Parcells' famous Jag, just another guy. Well, we made it a jet, just another team, um, trying to keep its head above water in, in, in the league. That's all. Um, they're, they're, they're not a contender, of course. Uh, they're, they're also uh, faded. You know, they're in the wrong division just now for them because it's a, it's a tough division. Um, they, they, they have an unproven, you know, at the quarterback in terms of, you know, how can he – he has had two chances to win a game, and he hasn't done it. Uh, typically the second one really hurt after the ball defense gave him the ball back twice. Um, and and then we go three and out. I mean, we still aren't sure exactly what Mac, Mac Jones is. Uh, they, right now, they, now you, give them, you give them an out on the injury thing. They, they can't run the ball, but they haven't had an attacked offensive line. I understand they're not the only team in the league that can make that statement. This is football. You're not going to have a healthy 53-man roster every Sunday. We know that. Um, but the, right now, to me, they're just at best a middle-of-the-road of, of the team. Uh, and, and um, you know, the, they, I, I, finishing 500 would be a tremendous year, frankly, for this team. I don't see them going anywhere. And what about the current Celtics, Bob? You know, as they're constructed, we all know the Marcus Smart trade, and we all know mm-hmm. the new staff for Joe Missoula and bringing Porzingis in. What's your take on their offseason moves, and, and what do you think of Joe Missoula and his improvements and what's needed in year two for him? I am anxious to see what, what transpires. I am very curious about this team, Tim. Uh, here's my feeling on the trade. When it was made, I was skeptical. I wouldn't say I denounced it, but I was skeptical. And the reason I was skeptical is that I, like most living Americans, didn't see the Wizards play last year. <laughs> nobody worried, nobody hires to the TV circles the Wizards <laughs> games on their TV schedule. And I never saw them play. I mean, never. And I knew he averaged that he, Przingis, averaged 23 points a game. And I said, okay, that's fine. Uh, and then I, because my vision and remembrance of him was standing in the corner shooting those jump shots and nothing else. 
and and I and to me that's a waste of a seven foot three body. That that's a nice augment to a talent. But you got your seven foot three body should be first and foremost a low post player who can shoot the ball, not the vice versa. Well, it turns out I find out that last year, in fact, he he did post up more than he had a lot more than he did in Dallas, where later turned out there was friction between him and. Uh, uh, Carlisle over how he should be used. He he wants to get inside apparently at t- and not just stand out there and shoot jump shots. I want to see how Joe Mazzola uses him, and and uh, I want to see him at least fifty fifty in that regard and, and and take advantage of being seven three and the fact that he can post up. I also have learned that he's more mobile uh, laterally than people think, and that we have it we here the team has the potential for a very interesting defense with him on the, he on the floor at the same time as Robert Williams. And, and that uh, this could be very interesting defensively. Uh, as far as Market Smart's concerned, I've been a fan of him from day one. I'm a member, of, paid up member of the fan club, but I had brought myself, uh, you know, uh, to the understanding that he was going to have to be the one to go if they were going to make a move. Certainly, aren't going to trade Tatum. I didn't want to trade Brown. Uh, it was going to have to be him. They're going to have to rationalize that. Well, they got Devin White and they got and they got Derek White. I keep calling him Derek Devin. They got Derek White. They got Brogdon. Although that's another issue right now. And a guy I love, you know, for what he is, and I understand his strengths and weaknesses. And that's Pritchard. I want to see more of Pritchard. So they'll make do with that position. Everything else, they're in good shape. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of talent, they haven't fallen short ultimately because of talent. They've fallen short because they lack that, that gumption or that whatever we put the word on, the spunk, the, the mental toughness, all that stuff. They should have beaten the Warriors. They should not have lost last year. Uh, and, and on talent, they don't need a whole, any more infusion of talent. Tatum's at the peak of his heading into the peak of his career. Brown just got rewarded for his, you know, whatever. He's rewarded. Uh, they, they've got talent. And uh, um, they're one of the two or three best contenders for the championship. Assuming that Joe Mazzola uses him right in my, in Bob Ryan's judgment. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, that's, there are still some questions as you just uh, illuminated, Bob, uh, the Red Sox, a lot of questions surrounding them. I know you yeah. live and die with them. Uh, and the whole Bloom experiment was a failure. Uh, every, I love how people try to rationalize it. Oh, he rebuilt the farm system. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. Uh, still pulled off the worst trade in Red Sox history, non Babe Ruth category and Mookie Betts. Uh, where are they going, Bob? Where should they go? Well, we know the number one priority. If you could wave your magic wand, John, you would you would give them two starting pitchers of of, of decency, two 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 good starting pitchers, and then start with that, and 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 and, and go. You know, go from there. Keep Pavetta, uh, who is coming off two excellent outings, another excellent outing yesterday. You know, I don't know. You 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 got sale. We, we we all know the deal with Sale. You know that, that he's fragile, oh. and, and and to say the least. Okay, yeah. uh, you know he's, he he teased us the other day with, except that, you know I keep remembering it's only five innings, but he did tease. He looked great for five innings. Uh, but that and Bayo, I think it was summed up great when one of the broadcasts. Uh, Will Fleming said, "This would be if, if Bayo is your third best start, number three starter. You're a good team. I like that." Yeah, if he's their number three starter next year, that means they've done something in the offseason and they'll be good too. I, they do have an infusion of young talent. You can't deny. Casas got us excited. Duran really got us excited. Uh, Sedan naturally, uh, is, is, it looks like he's going to be, he could potentially be a keeper. So they, and uh, they are giving us that and, 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 uh, for sure. Um, so they're in a tough division, uh, and, and uh, we all know that. Um, so, I mean, I, 
I can't even talk about what next year is going to be till we see what, if anything, happens in the off season. And uh, but we know the number one priority. If if we're having this discussion in March or, or be on opening day, and they haven't picked up a couple of starters, I'll say, okay, well, put them in fourth again. Yeah, well, the division is rugged. Uh, and what do you make, though, of the ownership direction with, oh. with the Henry Group? Well, right? that's a great question. By the way, let me just say this. The one thing about finishing fourth, I'm gonna, as long as you give me a chance to get on my soapbox, I don't want to sure. hear all this nonsense about whether they finish third or fourth or, or that they finish last now for, for three times in four years. Finishing last in a five-team division in which if you, you your, your record would put you in second place in another division <laughs> at a times during the season would have put you in first place uh, is, is just stupid. It doesn't matter. If when you had an eight-team league, which we had from 1901 to 1960, and uh, and then if, a ten-team league until 19s uh, until whatever the, the next expansion after that, finishing last was was bad, embarrassing. It was terrible. Finishing last in an eight-team league and a ten-team league, that's embarrassing. Finishing last in a four-team division, you know, uh, that, stop it. It doesn't matter if you don't win. If, but the second, third, fourth, it doesn't matter. So let's stop with that last place nonsense. Okay, I forget the question. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question seriously the, the question was uh the john henry uh oh, oh okay of, yes the, look the, the when, middle when john, they're, they're, they're faced i wonder i don't know what the direction is look here's the credit this is self-evident when he bought the team they were his number one priority there was no such thing as fenway sports group it was john henry and and and, and tom werner and and whatever investors and 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 John Henry was the and we saw how they went after it and they went after the Yankees and they did it and they gave us four championships and 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 those through 1918 and 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 they were spending money when it needed to be spent and it was a, he was a great owner. Now we have Fenway Sports Group. It's it's a, it's they are a, until further notice and he won't come you know he doesn't come out and speak until further notice. They are just another piece of the portfolio uh, with Liverpool and Fenway uh, and Roush and Roush and, and all the other stuff. Uh, it, uh, we, we no longer feel that they're the priority. They may, uh, there's no, no indication that they are. And uh, that's a vast a sea, a sea change in 20 years. So I'm worried. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see that commitment to the franchise that, that he had before. There's, and, and, and hiring uh, Chaim Bloom, who, who was noted for shopping at the bargain basement, uh, you know, um, was, was an indication, and we saw the results of that. So um, I'm worried. I, I just like, would like to feel better about that he cares as much about the team as he once did. Yeah, well put, Bob. And, you know, you did gave us great in, intel on the Patriots and where they stand and kind of just as another team. But what about the coach? Uh, you know, obviously we've seen him through the years. We know how he deals with the team. We know how he deals with the media. Uh, so we kind of expect it. But uh, to me, a mention of a great, a potentially really good young player after one fumble is, is a bit much, especially when you're out, you are where you are in the league and you can find way you have to find ways to scratch out wins. And why do you think he still sticks to this mantra <laughs> of, you know, doing things like he did in, you know, 20 years ago, still today. He's doing it because he, this is who he is. This is, this is, uh, this is who he is. He's, he certainly is consistent. There's, there's never been a deviance in his, in his MO and uh, he's still going to do it this he's not this new old dog is not learning a new trick uh in that regard at all 
And uh, now he did reinvent himself in between Cleveland and Boston. I remember thinking this several times in the early, uh, you know, in the first five, six, seven years of, of the regime, that the people in Cleveland wouldn't believe the guy that we've got here. He actually was more open with the media with, uh, here than he ever was in Cleveland. Uh, there was a you saw little sides of him that they didn't see there. Uh, he did reinvent himself there, but since then, no. And. Uh, it, it, what's worked for him in the past, he thinks can still work. Uh, but let me say this: I see, a, I see a pat, an analogy between uh, the Patino debacle in, and, and, and what is starting to happen here, and that is that the coach is being done in by his general manager. Well, we know in Cleveland and in Boston, uh, Patino was done in by his general manager, who had made atrocious decisions. Oh, who was his general manager? Oh, it was himself, Bill Parcells. Bill, Parcell, Bill Belichick is is the ultimate has the final say on everything that goes with personnel. We know that. I don't care who the personnel director is, allegedly. You know damn right well that nothing happens without his say-so. Um, he, he's, he's assembled this roster, and, uh, and he has to live with it. And, uh, uh, and, and it's, it's doing him in, frankly. And um, the idea, guys, that if this doesn't end well, that if it ends ugly, if, the, if, if but he's got a constituency of one, you know that Bob Kraft. Nothing else matters. If Bob Kraft finally comes to the conclusion, you know, I, as great as he's been and as much as I owe him, it's over. And that, oh my God, he's you know, we'd love to build ourselves to, you know, politely exit the door, but uh, you know that's not going to happen that way. Uh, I brace yourself for for an absolutely sad ending to which you know to a to a, to a, to a great story. Well, Bob, I wish we had you for two hours, but, I, you know, I want to get into all parts of your brain. So I want to get your take on uh, general thoughts on college football so far this year. Uh, oh. Alabama struggling, Clemson 0-2 in the ACC. Last night, yeah. Ohio State went at Notre Dame. Uh, Dion, there's a lot of storylines right now. What, what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are that, in general, having more teams have a chance to make the playoffs is the best thing that could happen to college football in 2023, that we've, we've had this monopoly. Uh, and the SEC uh, dominates uh, the same teams, uh, et cetera. Um, it's, I think having new faces, which we get, as you know, in the NCAA, we, we've now gone back uh, let's start with uh, George Mason in 06. We, we, we can almost count on a, a fun outlier, you know, to come in. And last year we had the peak of it with two of them. Um, and the, it, that's the way we like it, the competition, the chance of somebody to stepping up. And football, it's harder. Uh, I, I love the, the – the, I, I won't use the P word, you know, parody, but, but there's, there's a balance there that we haven't had in a while. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be really a lot of fun to see who does make the playoff this year. And, 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 and I was hoping Alabama would lose and we'd get rid of them and they would have, uh, you know, the two losses that would put them out of it, but they pulled themselves out. So anyway, uh, uh, I think it could be an interesting – yesterday was a big day, a lot of interesting games, that great finish, of course, with Ohio State and Notre Dame. Uh, the Colorado uh, uh, come down – you know, we'll see how where they go from here. Uh, but I think there's a lot of good storylines in college football at this, this year, and I think it's healthy for the game because you know you don't want just a monopoly of a few teams and and ever in sports. And I, I don't think, and I think this is good. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the year. It looks like I think every Sunday, Saturday is going to be something to something you know command your attention. Bob, uh, I say this with trepidation because we both love Boston College, and I know as a BC grad, you've been. Uh... You've seen it all, especially with BC yeah. football and basketball. It was a really rough day yesterday in Louisville. I don't know yeah. if you caught or heard any of the game. 
Uh, they gave no, I didn't see it. I'm, I'm, I didn't see it. I was in the position, but uh, when I heard the first score, you know, first I heard seven nothing. Then I heard twenty one. Then I went, oh my god. Um, okay, um, I'm really disappointed and perplexed because it seemed to me that in the early stages of, of the Hafley uh, regime, uh, he, he was a good coach, really good coach. And I was thinking, my, I was thinking I'm always thinking, oh, well, how long are we going to hold on to him? He's going to be a stepping stone, you know, that kind of thing. And, and right. now it's, it, this is turning into a potential debacle. The, the, that disgraceful performance, uh, even, I know they almost pulled the game out, but with 18 penalties against Florida State, leading the nation. There's a category you love, the leading the nation yes. in penalties, Boston College. And um, um, and yesterday had a complete meltdown. Uh, it's to, I it's so so funny, guys. I'm just watching uh, the more ESPN, and they put a list up of the uh, four schools that have had the longest winning streak against Notre Dame at any period of time, and uh, in, in, since the World War II. And um, one of, of course, Ohio State is on the list now with six. And uh, guess who's number four? Boston College. Yeah. We and from 1901 yeah. to, uh, to me, 2001 to 07, uh, we I proudly say we we beat them uh, you know, six times. I remember my boss at the time, Joe Sullivan, was a uh, uh, father of a Notre Dame student at the time. And I went into him one day. I said, you know, you have grounds for a class action suit. So what are you talking about? I said, well, you sent your daughter, Maura, to Notre Dame, and, and they uh, recruited her under the false pretense they were a football school. And, and <laughs> you, know, um, you know, well, anyway, uh, BC, what can I say? I mean, we've had some moments. You know, for, for guys, 39 years since Flutie's last year, by the way, uh, 1984. Um, but there were even beyond the Flutie years, there were plenty of good stretches. The Matt Ryan, I, I, got, I, I personally was present to see them win in Clemson. South Carolina, to see them win in Tallahassee, Florida, yep. to see them win in Provo, Utah, to see them win in South Bend, Indiana, and, uh, you know, uh, on and on. And, and this is what, it, you, you know, it, it, it's sad. I feel very bad about what's going on with BC football. And, of course, call me back when basketball starts. We're going to start on that one. <laughs> well, we, we definitely will. There's no question about that as we uh, love, love, love hashing it out with you, Bob. Thanks so much for taking the time. Any, any book projects on the horizon? Well, as a matter of fact, I know I have a book out with Bill Chuck that's been out since May of 2022 called In Scoring Position about my scorebooks. And I've scored every game, Red Sox, not, not every Red Sox, but every game that I've been to uh, since 1977 uh, and, and all over the country. And uh, it's a book based on the things that are fall out of these, you know, the great tidbits and the historical stuff and all that. We're doing a sequel. We're working on a sequel. It'll be out in the early 25, as, as the projection right now. So, uh, but that's keeping me busy. And, and uh, other than that, we're doing fine. Thank you. Well, outstanding. I loved in scoring position. It is a must read. Bob Ryan, fantastic stuff. Thanks so much. Hey, guys, that was fun. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks, Bob. You, you got it. Thank you, Bob. Bob Ryan, the Renaissance man. You can talk about anything, and we pretty much covered everything. Outside, we I guess maybe we could have asked him about Bruce Arena and that brutal exit for the uh, New England Revolution. I know you were following that, Tim, as a big soccer guy, but uh, he, he could talk about anything. That's always why uh, he's he's a great guest. But this is Meter and the Coach. This is uh, our Sunday morning showdown, as we like to call it, I guess. We're here until 9-401-777-1037. Joe Passarelli, you're up next. Now, here's what's Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.